verses 17 and 18. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to all generations to come. And the New Testament scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. Or what woman, woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. May we be grateful for the reading, hearing, and understanding of these words. Let us pray. Lord, your scripture speaks to us, and you are speaking this morning. Help us to reflect, to continue to Think about the words that you are saying to us today. Help us to continue to open our ears and our hearts so that we can leave this place and put our faith into action. And Lord, I pray that you would speak through me in these coming moments. And Lord, always speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you own a pair of Crocs? How many don't know what Crocs are? All right, so everybody's kind of on the same page here. So Crocs came out in about 2002. They're a company out of um, Colorado. And I remember when I was, in, I was in high school when that company started, so I can remember people getting Crocs and, and how I wanted them and how they were comfortable. And, and then for years, I, I never had really heard of them anymore. I, I mean, I knew there was a store down in Rehoboth, and they have all different kinds now. You can get sandals and different types of shoes and slip-ons, and, but there's like the original one, you know, with, with the holes in them and everything. And recently I discovered uh, through our daughter Shayla that Crocs are like the in thing now. And teenagers, they've bec- look, he's got some on right in the front row. So Crocs have like made a resurgence. They, they've made a comeback. And you know, some of you know that um, throughout throughout your life, you've seen trends come and go. You've seen uh, certain styles come back. I'm still waiting for the bowl cut to come back. Remember that haircut? I have one of those in middle school. I'm waiting. That's going to come back one day (laughs) for the guys. But the Crocs are are in. They're the in thing. And I I realized that um, in the schools and then even on the mission trip this week, other youth had Crocs and they even have those croc buttons that you can put into um, those little holes. So this is an example of the original croc, and you can see some Minnie Mouse buttons that you put into the holes and you clip them from the other side. So you could put all sorts of things on there. You can put a sports team on there. You could put something that you enjoy, whether it has to do with acting or the outdoors or your favorite cartoon character, whatever it may be. Well, Shayla has a couple buttons that she likes. One of them is a rose, and it's uh, kind of to remember her um, 
play Beauty and the Beast. So, you know, she put a rose in there. Well, this week, the button went missing in Tennessee. And she came to me at the church we were staying at in East Nashville, and, and she said, I, I lost my rose button. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this mystery? I'm like, well, did you check this place? Did you check that place? Did you go here? Did you go there? And, and she's searching through her pictures to see when's the last time she was wearing this rose on her shoes. And she couldn't find it. And she was looking and looking, and, and she just couldn't find it anymore. And, and I said, look, we'll, we'll get you a new one when we get home if you don't find it. Well, then later on in the evening, uh, we had hospitality duty. Our, our youth ministry had hospitality. And that meant we were to clean uh, the facilities and do different things. So uh, one of our other youth, Kirsten, uh, she was doing some sweeping in one of the church hallways. And sure enough, what did she discover as she's sweeping under one of the tables? It was the rose button. And she found it. She returned it to the owner. And let's just say there was joy. There was smiles. Because something so little but yet so precious that was lost had been found. You know, one day some tax collectors and sinners were getting close to Jesus because they wanted to hear Jesus. And let's be reminded that tax collectors and sinners weren't exactly the most popular people among the religious community of the day. In fact, they were excluded from the religious community. So it would have been shocking to be a religious person and to walk up and see tax collectors and sinners sitting and listening to Jesus teach. Some Pharisees and scribes even uh, commented on how there was religious, or there was tax collectors and sinners around Jesus. So as Jesus did best, it reminded him of a story. And when he knew that they were commenting on these tax collectors and sinners, Jesus began to tell a story of people losing things and then finding them. He tells the parable of the lost sheep, the one lost sheep out of the hundred, and then he tells the story of the lost coin, and eventually he tells the story of the lost son, which many of us know as the story of the prodigal son. So scribes and Pharisees, they, they certainly wouldn't be people who would consider it to be proper to eat with those who were excluded from the religious community, but yet Jesus did these things, and this story is important for the religious people to hear back then but it's also important for us to hear today. Today's scripture passage from the New Testament highlights one of these three stories, the story, the parable of the lost coin. And Jesus tells us in this story that this woman has 10 silver coins. And these 10 coins are most likely her dowry. It's the only money that she would have to bring into her marriage. And this is the only money that technically would still be hers if the marriage was ever to dissolve. So 10 coins would only be worth about 10, 10 days of workers' wages. So these coins were very precious to her. So Jesus shows in the story that if this woman was even gonna lose one of those silver coins, she was gonna do everything she could to find it, to look for it. It would be an extensive sh uh, search to make sure that that lost coin was found. Jesus says, wouldn't she even light a lamp? It would probably have been just a little small oil lantern. It wouldn't have given off much light, but it would have been better than nothing. Jesus says, wouldn't she sweep the house? 
until she finds that coin. Probably an a uneven stone floor with large crevices, just hoping as you sweep, you would hear the clinging of a coin on the stones. But Jesus says, can you imagine when you hear that coin, when you find that coin, when the search is over, when she's found the lost coin, of course, this woman would rejoice. This woman would call her friends and neighbors over and celebrate with them that her lost coin had been found. And in this parable, the woman searching for the coin was relentless in doing so. She was relentless in finding this coin. She was willing to keep searching and to do the appropriate things until it was found. This past week on our mission trip, there were certainly a lot of memories that were made. There was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of Scripture reading. There was a lot of worship. There were some late nights followed by some early mornings. There was a lot of riding. There were a couple of unexpected emergencies that needed attention. There were a lot of new relationships that were developed. Some people have been sitting together in the sanctuary for years, but for the first time, truly got to know one another. But throughout the week, one word kept popping up to the surface. One word kept being put in front of our faces, and it was the word relentless. It was the theme for the week. No matter where we were, this word was with us. Whether some of our crew went out to a farm, a local farm that gave back to the community and helped people with jobs, and they went out and harvested in those fields, or whether it was a crew um, going to work with, with children in certain programs, or whether um, it was a crew that was going out to work with um, special needs children, in particular those with Down syndrome, or whether it was a crew going out to an assisted uh, living facility, uh, getting to know more about dementia and Alzheimer's and working with patients um, and residents of this facility who, who had dementia and Alzheimer's. Whatever it may have been, the word relentless was with each and every one of us. And in the midst of being together and serving in those places, we were reminded of some true things last week. The theme relentless made me think of this story of the lost coin, because to be relentless is to go after something, is to give it your all, is to not quit, it's to be persistent, it's to be nonstop, never giving up. And the woman in the story was searching for that lost coin, but as we learned and were reminded on the mission trip, God's relentless love towards us changes everything. So on this day, I want to share with you two ideas worth pondering. The first is this, God relentlessly pursues us, and that is worth celebrating that God relentlessly pursues us. God's love, God's love towards us is strong. God's love never gives up on us, no matter where life takes us, no matter the choices we make. God's love is relentless to us. God relentlessly pursues us, even 
when we feel lost, even when we feel without hope. God's relentless love pursues us, and God always has open arms towards you and towards me. God's love is astounding. It's so astounding that, that we are never separated from God's love. As Romans tells us in the New Testament, nothing we can do can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God is always at work around us. If we would open our eyes, if we would pay attention, we would see God at work in this world, and we would see God at work all around us. God's not going to force us to embrace this relentless love that is given to us, but the gift of love is ready to be accepted right where we are. God is at work in our lives. God is at work in, in every single one of us every single day. Some of us realize that, and some of us don't even realize it's happening. However, God is still with us. What do you do with the relentless love that God has offered to you. And secondly, not only does God relentlessly pursue us, but we should relentlessly strive to pursue God. And these were two of the four themes that we looked at this week. We accept the fact that God relentlessly pursues us, but now we need to remember that God wants us to relentlessly pursue God back. And this psalm that was read this morning in the Old Testament it certainly seems like someone who is relentlessly pursuing God. The psalmist says, O oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to the old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to all generations to come. That's someone who seems like they've been devoted to God and are devoted to God but in this case, have been since their youth. That's a long life of, of pursuing God, perhaps even relentlessly pursuing God. And I think one hope in youth ministry in general is that in these formative years of these young people, it will help them to continue to pursue God and grow in their faith all the days of their lives as they transition into different seasons of life through young adulthood and to being a, a, an adult and living the rest of their lives. But no matter where we are in life, we have the chance each and every day, every single one of us, whether we've been pursuing God since our youth or not, we have the chance every single day to relentlessly pursue God. How is it then that we can pursue God? Well, we can pursue God through Scripture reading, through prayer, through worship, through practicing acts of compassion and justice towards other people. But it takes intentionality, as we always say. We're not going to grow by accident. Starting and ending each day with Scripture reading and prayer can be an example of what that looks like. And on this week um, in Nashville, there was some pursuit of God. There was a relentless pursuing of God through intentional time set apart to do so. And they weren't really optional. I mean, we, it was, you know, hey, we're going to do this. It was part of the schedule, but in the mornings we would have um, chapel in the morning where we would gather with um, another. So in the facility we stayed at, there was a church from Indiana and another one from, 
Fredericksburg, uh, Virginia. And we would all gather in the chapel and hear devotion, and we would take time to read Scripture in silence and reflect on it and to journal. And then at lunchtime, when we were out with our crews, we did a devotion every day that tied into the theme of that day, and we talked then. And then in the evening, we would get back and we would have chapel in the, in the evening with everybody. And then after that was over, just our youth group would go out to these picnic tables and have a devotions in the evening. So, those are four touch points throughout the day where there was some intentional um, pursuing of God that was taking place. And around those tables, some really good conversations happened and some great prayer happened. And in the sanctuary, some great things happened. But those were times all throughout the day, throughout every single day of the week that we strive to be intentional about pursuing God. But what if we, of course, that wasn't optional, but, but what if this was optional? What if this kind of discipline in our lives took place every day where we chose to be that intentional? Some serious spiritual growth would take place in our lives. God is there and desires for us to be in relationship with Him, but that is not forced. We have a response to make each and every day. Will we pursue God and seek to draw closer to the heart of God? Will we do so relentlessly? And I pray for each of us that the answer to that question is yes, whether we're still in our youth or whether we have gray hair or no hair, that we would relentlessly pursue God right where we are, and that we would strive to, to grow in our faith each and every day. Speaking of, of youth, um, I thought this morning you'd like to, to hear a testimony from one of our youth who went on the trip um, and some things that, that she experienced. So I'd like to invite Pam Hubbard to come forward. Let's give Pam a hand as she comes forward. Hi, my name is Pam Hubbard, and I was on the mission trip. It was my third one, and I was working at Centennial Adult Care Center, and there it was like an adult daycare, so they would come for the day, and then their families would pick them up in the night. And every day we would come in and sit with them and do everything that they did and just help them. And on the last day, we were going to say bye to all of them, and they were like, oh, are you guys going to come back? When are you coming back? And we couldn't come back, but... And then the last woman I talked to, her name was Sheila, and when I went to shake her hand, she just sat there and she wouldn't let go. So then I gave her a hug, and she said, God bless you. And they were all so happy that we had been there and so thankful. All right. Thank you. That's just one of many experiences um, that some of these young people have in their lives that make a true difference. And your support of the youth ministry is just astounding. And it was another year where they had the opportunity to draw closer to God. So this week, I want to ask you to consider something. I'd like you to reflect on the truth 
that God's love is relentless towards you. Think about that each day and say to yourself, God's love is relentless towards me. Reflect on that. Consider that. There's nothing you can do to change that. It's just what is your reaction to that. But I also want you to take time to acknowledge and consider what would relentlessly pursuing God in my own life look like? How can I more relentlessly pursue God than I am right now? Not so I can pat myself on the back or not so that God will love me more, but so that I can grow in my faith, so that I can become more like Christ. What are some of those things that you can do, whether it's more prayer, more Scripture reading, more reflecting, more being intentional with other people about your faith and where you are in your own journey, whatever it may look like, what are some next steps that you and I can take that will help us to go deeper, that will help us to, to love God more and to love one another more? What might that look like for you? Let us pray.